Uh, I don't agree. <laughs> I don't uh, care if you agree. <laughs> well, it's not uh, true because I know Southern ba ba Baptists who would agree, who wouldn't agree with what, like, like you're, the definition I know, I know, so, I know Southern Baptists who wouldn't agree either, but I'm, t I'm telling you from, from the pulpit in the South where Baptists preach, this is how they preach. Um, okay. and, and they're not the, they're not the um, only ones, but I'm just, it, throughout America, throughout the U.S. in particular, uh, this is very common. Uh, where, are, where are you from? Uh, you know, I know that you've got a, a varied background. Are you a U.S. citizen or are you someplace else? Where I'm, from, I'm from Kenya. Ken, okay, is that where you are now? Nope. Okay. I'm in, I'm in the States. Okay, how, how long have you been in the States? uh 12 years okay that's that's a, a pretty pretty long time uh so 12 years some of those uh your formative years have you ever spent any time in uh, what is known as the bible belt in the bible belt huh no i i don't say i don't think so but again, are you familiar with that term like i know about the, the, yes, I do. Like the, the states down south. Yeah, so uh, George, Alabama, Tennessee, yeah, uh, maybe Arkansas, uh, Mississippi. All about that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, like are you? Are you? Yeah. Are yep. you familiar with Jimmy? Uh, 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 is it uh, Jerry Falwell? Jerry Falwell. No. Okay. Um, so yeah, so there's some gaps uh, in 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 your knowledge of of. U.S. fundamentalism, I, I think, well, and it, I don't look. I'm I'm not saying this in bad ways. I'm not being pejorative. Um, I'm I'm just saying that you you need to understand that the type of the type of Bible reading that I am describing to you, I I, I would say the vast majority of people within a 500 mile radius of where I was born would agree with me more than they agree with you. Well, and I'd say this, their agreement with you is mostly based on, um, sorry, I'm eating. Um, it, that's fine. It's, it's just a podcast. I, I do it all the time, actually. I just don't announce it. <laughs> their agreement with you would be based on people telling them this is how things are and you have to accept them. They're, they're, and, and again, I'm not saying that makes them bad Christians. I'm not saying that necessarily means that they're dumb or anything like that. I feel like people say, oh, you're dumb if you think like that. I don't think like that. I don't think people who think the way you just described things are dumb. I just think that you do yourself a bigger service as a Christian when you actually know what's true so that if someone... Sure, but have you any idea how many millions of Christians believe the way Ken Ham does, that, that, the, uh, that the world was formed in about 6,000 6, years. Do you have any idea of course how, how, how big that number is? I, I'm well aware that there are... Because you talk like you're not well aware of it. No, I know. I'm not saying... I'm not acting... Again, I'm not acting like, um, uh, like my bubble is the only one that has the right version of Christianity. Because again, my view is that South, knowing how old the earth is isn't what <laughs> what's going to get you into heaven but also i'm not also saying that it's okay for someone to believe the wrong things just because you know that's what you're comfortable with i think that's a wrong way of looking at things and again if i ran into someone who was absolutely convinced that 
this is how the Bible is meant to be read, then you just, I mean, the charitable thing to do isn't to be like, well, you're an idiot, forget about you. The charitable thing to do would be like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's get to the truth. Let's think about this for a minute. It's not just to let them, you know, keep thinking false things. I feel that's, I feel like you'd agree with me that you don't want people to be doing that unless you actually want people to be ignorant about where they got the text. Well, so <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let some of that, I'm gonna let like, that stand. Yeah, let's, to, let's, to let's turn the page. Oh, okay. there's more there's more hilarity to ensue. Uh, let, let's just step away from the biblical stuff for a moment uh, and check in on philosophy. Um, I'm not a philosophy wonk, uh, but uh, one of uh, one of my favorite philosophical conundrums for Christians is how do you know that God is good? Uh, so hard left turn. Uh, do you have an answer for that? Well, that's completely a huge left turn from. <laughs> I did say it was a huge left turn tonight. <laughs> like, completely sprang it up. I don't I gotta, know. I got to. I got to step. Out. I got to step out of the Bible from time to time and clear my palate. <laughs> so, well, you, like, you want me to answer that as as a non-Christian, like to be no. an atheist? Well, be? yeah. I mean, it, it just answer it in the way that you would answer for someone who is not a believer. Uh, Christians, part of part of the Christian presupposition, I would say, is that God is good. And uh, God's, God's, you know, so we start with God is good, and God has a revealed will for us, and we should care about his will for, among other reasons, because God is good. So it's, it's a, it's a basic presuppositional um, uh, stance for, from Christians that has no foundation underneath it, as near as I can tell. Well, uh, again, I, I'd argue that Christianity is the only one that has an actual, like, the center of Christianity is the cross. It's God becoming man and demonstrating how much love and goodness that's in him. So if someone asked me, how do you know that God is good? I'd say like, hey, you got to look at the story of Jesus and, and see how that is demonstrated. And if you can look at that story and not see the goodness in it, then I don't know. Well, okay. But people have sacrificed themselves, uh, for a long time. Jesus wasn't the first one to do it. It's not well, the last one to do it. And so man is good. Example. No, no, I'm a, well, what's an example of like a story that kind of mirrors because like, because you have the claim here that, that, that Jesus became, that Jesus is God incarnate and he did become man and he did uh, live the perfect sacrificial life and he's like it's not just a claim of like oh god is all the way up there and he's good and he's well, there's loved. people who have given up power and wealth uh to help uh people of lower estate that's not it's, it's not a unique have. story right it's so unique, if, that, like, if that's again, what makes him good then man was good before god and the I'm definition not, of good is doesn't really matter i'm not saying that that those realities you just described don't exist. I'm saying that the ultimate show of good was God literally giving up his status in heaven to, he did, he did it better than anyone else ever did. Like, Oh yeah. Was, he, he was the, the, the most perfect good. Um, sure. How do you, so once again, though, if that's all you're saying is that's good. Not well, all I'm saying. That's just okay. one. Cause I, I didn't really expect you to ask me that. I like, well, look, this, yeah, I, I did mention question out of left field. Um, so, um, uh, yes, but 
there's the philosophical question actually goes a little bit deeper than that. So let's just say you've got your example of, you know, Jesus did this thing and it's good. And so you think that's the ultimate good. Don't, don't really care if you think it's more good than someone else doing the same thing. Um, the, the real question is, but how do you know that that thing is good? Uh, because we don't, because, uh, when it comes to morality, uh, part of the, the moral argument, uh, is that, good comes from God, that he is the, the, the source sure. of good. Yep. Uh, and so if he is the source of good and we are not the source of good uh, and we can't, you know, maybe we can't judge God because we don't, we don't have his standard of good, then how can you judge that what God did was good? Well, you, you know God was good. You need to first define what goodness means. Like, I, I don't know how you can... Uh, from your framework, say okay, how is God good? Like, what does good mean? Like, like what does that mean? Well, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure uh, because, <laughs> well, but really, from from the Christian from the Christian view of the moral argument and how it's presented, I don't know what good means. But Christians are convinced that God is good, and I'm, and my response is, how do you know God is good? Well, I, I believe you have to know what good is first. I just. I feel like I kind of answered that before, like by pointing to the ultimate example of goodness. No, 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 no. You pointed to an act and you labeled it good. How do you know that that act is good? Well, you're asking me a question that I should be asking you because I just asked you the question. You're like, I don't know what good is. So you're asking me kind of a meaningless question. Um, like, what does good mean to you? If you if you don't if you can't tell me what it means, then I can't really explain what good means. It's okay, like, but you you mentioned is, you mentioned uh, an example of self sacrifice, and I'm willing to grant you that. How do you know self sacrifice is good? How do you know self sacrifice isn't evil? Like, what does evil mean? Like, it's like again, <laughs> definition. Like again, when you're asking these kind of questions in philosophy, you have to define them yourself and and give like a, a rational. I don't, I don't know. I am pushing back on and am trying to uh, explore the Christian's insistence that God is good in the first place. Well, and I don't, I don't know how you determine that unless you have some prior definition of good that is outside of God. Why, why does the definition have to be outside of God? Well, because then it's just circular. God is good because God is God. I don't know. No, no, what, do you, what do you mean by good at that point? No, you just answered it. You said that God is the source of all goodness, right? So, like, if some something is the source of something, then the closer you are to the source, the more like access you have to the to the to the actual thing. Okay, but how do you determine that God is the source of goodness? How do we because determine that? That just seems to be a platitude. We just came from Genesis, and we just said God created everything that doesn't that doesn't define goodness i don't care if god created everything an evil god could have created everything but again you keep using the word goodness and i'm like asking what does that mean and you're like i don't know what it means but you want me to define it for you like well, i you just what i whatever christians mean when they say god is good when they assume that god is good that everything he does is good that everything he does is out of a good motive and whatever that means how do you know it how when do you, you how do you how did you defend the statement that God is good? When you were Christian, how did you defend it? 
uh, honestly, I never encountered the question. So I really? never. No one ever asked you why is God good? Uh, no, but there were plenty of children's songs and uh, things that, you know, get, get give you uh, childlike answers like the Bible tells me so. Well, you know, that's so that I mean, that's one way to know that God is good, but that's you know, as an adult, you examine that, that's not a very good answer. You never internalize, okay? So, the, the, the point of me asking you to define what goodness is is to, to, to try and get you to like give me examples of what you think goodness is, because if you can't tell me what goodness is, then I can't tell you either. It's just a point it's like me saying, What does blah mean? And okay. be like, well, what is blah? I, I think that uh, you're not going to get away with that in the comments. No, I no, no. I, I'm just being consistent here. I'm, 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 I'm asking you so. to justify <laughs> what you're asking me because you can't say, okay, explain what this means, and you don't even know what that means. Like, you can't even describe it to me. Okay, we'll we'll go ahead and pretend like um, you know Christians don't have a particular thing in mind when they say God is good. No, like no, like there is an answer, but I I feel like the question is being asked from a. a a point where it's like uh if you answer then i'll i'll just ask more questions i'll be like how do you know this or how do you know that or how do you well, know yeah ultimately i do want to call the christian uh to the carpet and make them tell me why i should believe that god is good because they say that and if i say well no the bible when i read the bible he, he looks like an evil god what okay uh, what is i would like to know why your version of good is uh advantaged over my version of evil what do you well, how do you know that god is good i'm asking you to tell me what good means to you and you can't tell me so if you can't tell me then i'm like okay so then how can i help you if you, if you can't even like i've had atheists tell me what good means and i've been like okay like okay here's an example someone told me recently um that good means something that satisfies them that makes uh, life enjoyable for not just themselves, but for everyone else. So, so my answer to them would be God is good because he is infinite, first of all, and he is all satisfying because anything else compared to him is not eternal. Therefore, God. Wait a minute. Is, what does infinite have to do with goodness? No, it, 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 it's, it's, I'm going, I'm going off someone else's, another atheist definition because you won't tell me, you don't want to tell me what good means. So I'm saying, this is what someone else told me good means. Good means to them something that is all satisfying. Like, okay, uh, food food is good because it nourishes me or it keeps me healthy or water is good. And I'm like, okay, those things are good for you. And I'm saying God is good because God is more is infinite, infinitely more valuable than those things you just described, that he is eternally existent. And that, that plays into why he is good eternally forever because first of all he's eternal but why do you why do you think that so many atheists um especially these days uh, are coming to the conclusion that the god of the bible is not good because we we have the moral argument uh, a lot these days in fact i plan to uh, have a discussion on that uh with uh with with someone uh you know in the in the coming weeks so uh, it seems to me uh, that a lot of people are coming to the conclusion that God is not good. What do you think is going on there? Um, because it used to be kind of unheard of for people to say, oh, God's not a good guy at all. It's not really unheard of if you look at like church history and you have someone like Marcion saying the God of the Old Testament is evil. Well, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, like that's been going on since the very beginnings. It's not like a recent thing that people just discovered. And I so, think it's I think it's more common. I mean, Martian was uh, ultimately executed as a um, 
heretic. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't executed. He wasn't but, executed. Well, he was he was excommunicated. Uh, can I can I say that? Yeah. yeah there was some kind of X in uh, his fate. And yeah, um, but, but the, the point is, okay. First of all, <laughs> it's not new. <laughs> and secondly, uh, uh, I'd have to ask them. What, what, I'd have to ask him the question you're not answering. Like, what does goodness mean? Like someone, God says, okay, God is evil. For instance, okay, I'll make an argument for an atheist here. Someone says, okay, wow, Noah's flood, man. Like all those babies dying. That that sounds evil to me, right? Like, sure. wouldn't you make that argument? I would. You would? Okay. Yeah. So my question would be, is God sovereign over human life like can like does is, is there a way in which god can justly take someone's life oh well i would um i would wonder what the point of the question is so i could know how well, to answer it but point. i there is a point you know if you mean can he just arbitrarily take life i brought you into this world i can take you out at my whim i would say that uh he could do that because he has the power, but that wouldn't have anything to do with whether it was good or not. Why, why wouldn't it have, isn't that the, 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 the argument that God doesn't have the right to people's lives. Isn't that what people. Yes. Are? Well, he doesn't, he's got the power, but well, might well, does not make good. right. So I would but say, I'm first of all, if you're basing God's goodness on not, his might, that's I'm not based on his might. I'm, Again, we are in a completely different topic. I'm talking about like um, how someone will say, okay, God murdered those people. And I'm like, okay, murder means the unjust taking of life. Therefore, yes. why, when is it, when does it become justified for God to take someone's life? Well, I'm not sure, but that, that okay. story ain't an example of it. Yeah, <laughs> so. that, that, that's completely relevant because you're not, answering the question when does it like if you're saying it's unjust for god to take someone's life when they're a baby or however or if someone dies in their sleep then you're pretty much saying that god murders everyone right uh well to that the extent that he made us with bodies that were intended to die um he does kind of murder everyone, especially if you take the Calvinist view that he has in mind a particular end for all of us and that he controls that, uh, that, that fate, you know, d decides when the clock is going to stop and how, uh, in, you know, or is it better if he didn't have the power to do that? No, it, I, well, once again, you're talking about power and I, no, I don't no, care about power. power. I have the power to take lives. So that that's but irrelevant. You, have, you don't have, the justification to do it. Well, like, but that's I mean, the, so that's the only thing that matters, whether there's justification, not the power. Yeah, because okay. yeah, so, it's not justified in. I, I got the power to take a lot of lives. All right. So we don't. You're not the creator of all things, are you? Well, right. no, but being the creator of things doesn't give me the power, uh, the justification gives me the power. If I had kids, one could say that I'm the creator of those. I don't have the power. I don't have the justification to kill them. You're not the creator, but again, okay. So are you pro-choice then? I was going to ask you that at some point. Well, I'm asking you now. <laughs> Get out of my notes. Um, so, yeah, sure, I, I, I will skip to it, though. Uh, I was actually going to say that for the end. But here's the thing. I've never talked about abortion on, the, on a podcast, and so I was going to, I was going to save that uh, issue for you. You're going to have the, the well, well, primacy. You just answered your, you your question then. <laughs> so um, 
Uh, yeah. Do I believe that? Uh, say say again about. I want to make sure I answer the question the way you ask it. Well, uh, you were saying that you don't have the right to take the life of children, and I'm like, are you pro-choice? And you said, yeah. So I'm like, if you have the right, then what's the I, issue? I don't think I said yes, but I don't. I'm not. Okay. I'm not anti-abortion either. Mm-hmm. So I I think I think that it's it's a lot more complicated than that for me. How is it complicated? Well, it's complicated. I think abortion is awful. I, I think I think it's, it's a okay. terrible. I think it's a terrible thing. I also think chicken pox is a terrible thing. So let's be clear. I'm I'm um, I'm anti chicken pox all the way, but um, people get it. Um, there are there are a lot of bad choices that are lose lose uh, for people in life is mostly binary and you have to choose one thing and you can't have it all. And so uh, do I think that there are times when abortions are the best possible uh, evil of the, of the possible evils? Yes, I do. Um, But you know, that doesn't mean that I think that abortion is a casual thing that should be undertaken as a form of uh, contraceptive. Uh, Why does your opinion matter compared to someone else? Another atheist who says, you know, the world is populated, might as well have abortions for everyone. Uh, I'm not sure that my opinion does matter. Uh, it so, doesn't matter. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm not, I, don't, I don't think quite that highly of myself. <laughs> so um, I, I was, I grew up as a conservative Christian, man. I um, I grew up with all of that rhetoric and, rhetoric and all of that emotion uh, in, in that baggage. It's so, not emotion at all. Uh, it's, just, it's just a question. Like, if you're well, going to make an argument and say, okay, God is not justified in taking these lives, and you're saying, okay, it's justified. But, but it is emotional. It is part emotional. It's also part science. So, I mean, when you talk about abortion, for instance, are, are you talking about uh, ending a pregnancy within the first day after um, – you know, a sexual act like with a morning after pill, or are you talking about ending uh, a, a life in the ninth month of pregnancy? I think That's, we know what you're talking about. You live in the East Coast, so I think the, I think some st- some a governor I think said something about um, Virginia governor said that you can kill the baby up until dilation or something like that. Yeah, so no, that, I don't. I don't. I don't so don't actually. Be, I don't follow. I don't follow Virginia governors. Uh, okay. Well, then so. that's someone giving their opinion, and it's like, okay, that person has rationalized abortion. Yeah, well, I'm what I'm what I'm telling you is what what the factors are for me. It's part emotional and it's part science. I don't. I don't. I wrestle with the emotional part, and I don't fully understand the science part. Uh, but I know that there's a. I I believe that there is a place where. Um, you know, there is human material, if you will, that's not a person. And when I don't know, I don't know where personhood, let me, let me, let me finish the thought. I don't know where personhood uh, exactly begins. I don't, I also don't know where it ends. Um, so it, that's a little bit hard to define too. But if we could put parameters around the exact beginning and the exact ending of personhood, then I would say that we need to do everything uh, within our power to save all of the persons that we can. Um, so that, but there is, there is room around the edges uh, there for me. So like I, like I said, I don't know exactly 
uh, aware that is, but you can't call every clump of human material, every, every clump of human cells a person. Well, right? that's, again, that's an, an outdated argument. Again, it, it just is. It's not a clump of cells. Like, the time, like when do most women find out they're pregnant? It, it's after they figure out, oh, missed, missed the day of the month. Right, that's like after a month at least. By that time, the baby is not a clump of cells. Uh, so I, I just, I just think the argument again, it, it kind of, like this is why it's inconsistent for someone to be like, oh, killing babies is wrong, but then pro-choice over here. It, it's, it's, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I so I, I understand you don't get it, and maybe you should spend some more time contemplating oh, it. But yeah, have, yeah. But persons person personhood is a is a challenging topic. I'm not going to pretend that it's simple. And you you are pretending that it's simple. I think that's a little bit disingenuous. But uh, tell me, where do you where do you define personhood? Because part of the problem when it, so part of the problem, part of the challenge. It, it, so I'm, I'm going to put my conservative Christian hat back on so that no, 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 just be consistent with your atheist hat on. No, well, let me let me just try to help you explain, uh, understand the other for a moment. But I, so I'm going to tell you how I understood it as a Christian and some of the ways that I see it differently now. And that, that may do you some good. If it doesn't, it may do the hearer some good, because this is the first time that I'm talking about abortion on uh, air, or, and I haven't written about it much either. So uh, some people might find that useful. If, at the very least, it'll give them some more details so that they can uh, pummel me within the um, comments. So when I was a Christian, uh, I was a, <clears throat> excuse me, I was a, uh, dualist, uh, obviously. I don't. I don't think it's possible not to be a dualist and uh, to be a Christian, uh, which is to say that I believed uh, in the physical body and also uh, spirit material. And uh, the form of dualism that uh, I would have ascribed to—I don't know that it was very complicated. The body is kind of an empty host, uh, devoid of. Uh, anything worthwhile. It's a bag of it's a bag of dirt and water, and the thing that makes the body uh, interesting at all is the spirit that inhabits it. Uh, the spirit is not born with the body; it's uh, added to the body in some ways. Don't ask me to explain exactly how that happens because I've never really had that process straight in my mind. But the thing that made Adam and Eve special wasn't simply that they. Uh, were formed out of the dust of the earth. It is, was when God breathed into them the breath of life, which once again I always understood as them gaining their their immortal spirit. Uh, that that second part of the dual uh, aspect of humanity. Now, uh, as uh, as as far as birth goes, uh, a uh, baby in the womb. I don't even know that that's the right term these days, but uh, the, the person in the womb is endowed with that spirit at the point of conception. So day one, minute one, uh, you, can, you can make a distinction between a clump of cells and a more well-defined clump of cells. That wouldn't have uh, factored into it for me as a Christian. For me, it would have been the first cell. The, the first cells coming together. Um, uh, and so that's 
that's when um, the spirit uh, enters the pic- uh, the picture. Again, don't ask me how I knew this or why I thought this, but this is this is where I was. And abortion would have been wrong because you are dealing with a complete human being at the very earliest point of conception. However, I'm not sure that even that was a consistent idea because since the body, the physical body in of itself is worthless without the spirit and we cannot kill the spirit, I'm not sure that abortion means anything at all uh, in that sense, uh, in a biblical sense, because only God can kill the spirit. The only thing that we can kill are the empty vessels uh, that are our bodies. We'd relocate the spirit. So that even God caused women to miscarry, uh, that would be, that would be godly abortions. Even, even God, um, you know, allowed women uh, to, uh, you know, commanded armies to rip out the, the babies from women's wombs in, you know, wartime. Uh, this is, God is not a God that seemed to be particularly pro-life for, for children in the womb. Uh, so, but again, my thoughts were somewhat inconsistent on the matter as a Christian, and it was basically, this is the spirit. The spirit is a part of the body, and you don't have a right to kill a human. If it was only a the human body, it wouldn't matter. It would matter no more than if I killed my dog for, for reasons, or if I killed a rat for reasons. Um, and so uh, that said, I'm not a dualist anymore. So I don't, I don't have any notion that there's this extra thing that goes into humans that has to be protected somehow. Um, so I, I don't, I don't have that same sense of, you know, when you abort a child at a, you know, up to a certain point that you are somehow ending the life of a quote unquote person. Uh, but that still leaves me fairly unclear on where I define personhood. I don't, um, obviously don't think of personhood as an external thing that's poured into us from the moment of conception, but it's, it is, it's a thing that's definitely there invisible um, in, in uh, children and uh, people who are outside of the womb. It's, it's hard to define. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't have any problem with stating that, that kind of, uh, confusion on the subject. I think that at the end of the day, I prefer there to be fewer rather than more abortions. I would prefer for women to have children uh, that they didn't initially want and put them up for adoption because we have enough people in the world who don't have children who would adopt those children. Um, so I, I think there's a way to make it work, but I also think that it's wrong to uh, be as a, an outside force saying that a woman has to do that based on my understanding of personhood. Hmm. Does that help? So uh, from your current perspective, when does that human become a person? I mean, when do they gain personhood? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. All right. Uh, I guess I'll let that stand. 
Uh, I, look, I don't mind if you take shots. Uh, I've got a thick skin, man. You can, I can, yeah, I can yeah, take a punch. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say there uh, because, like, if you don't know when someone becomes a person, then, I mean, then it's, I guess it's open season till, <laughs> I don't know. Some people, some people use as personhood, as a, as a, something instead of personhood, uh, the word viability. And so they would say that when, um, when a, infant in the womb is viable if they could survive uh without the woman then that would be um the point okay i don't i don't find that a convincing argument for me but i don't i don't find it a bad argument either it's a it's not a good argument because like people who go into comas aren't they stop being people or like you get yeah, well, you remember when I said that uh, personhood is fuzzy uh, at both ends? That would be one of those places uh, on the other end where it's. I, I really don't think. I really don't think it's fuzzy. Like someone, if someone you love go, gets into an accident and they can't wake up, they're still a person. It's I don't think like they a, are. Now they're a vegetable. <laughs> they yeah, I don't. I honestly, I honestly don't think they are. Then what? I, I have you. Let me just ask um, once again, not to, not to distract from your question, which I will answer. Have you ever um, seen a person who was in a vegetative state before? Have you uh, had that, the experience of encountering that person being around those, that type of person? Yes, I have. Okay. It's, it's, if it was someone who was close to you, I know that that's, uh, you know, emotionally sensitive and I don't mean to be emotionally insensitive. I've, um, I've had the, the privilege of being, um, you know, friends with, uh, a, a lot of different people uh, who've let me into the, the interiors of their life. And um, one of the, one of the toughest, um, one of the toughest uh, times for me was uh, a, a dear friend whose wife uh, had uh, suddenly turned ill. They had, uh, they had an allergy to something uh, and they were rushed to the hospital, but their brain had been deprived of oxygen uh, for too long. Uh, they were, uh, when I got there to the hospital, uh, to see them, they, they had been on a, a machine, we'll just call it for, um, for a while. Uh, and they were technically alive, but there was no one home. That person is never going to, to get up, uh, to, uh, have an experience of mind or anything that is remotely associated with personhood. And so the only way you could call that person a person at that time is if you added some spiritual dimension, some supernatural mm -hmm. dimension. Uh, and you see, I didn't see a supernatural dimension there. I saw an empty husk. And the husband uh, eventually, and by the way, these were Christians. These were good Christian people. The husband eventually um, came to that conclusion too. I didn't talk him into it, but he was on the on that edge of sanity where you're looking at your wife of you know, forty years, and you're thinking, "But that's my wife," and and the doctors are telling you, yeah, "She's she's not there." And, and and he had to come to the place to, uh, of realizing, you know, she's not there. In fact, I I, I eventually did uh, because he asked my advice, and I told him that um, you see what everybody else sees, <laughs> you know what everyone else knows. She's not there. 
Um, and if, if, you know, if she's going to come back in some miraculous way, God could also resurrect her after you pull the plug. There's, there's no need of keeping this body on this machine, uh, you know, for a miracle when you can get a miracle anyway. Don't, if there is someone there, she's suffering, but, but there's no one there. Uh, so person? No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't, like, as tragic as that sounds, and I've kind of been in the same position too, I still don't think that the argument holds because someone doesn't lose, like someone, for example, who's mentally handicapped and isn't all there. That person, that is still a person. That human being is still a person. It's not like because they are not all there, it means that, oh, they cease to become a person or because someone, if you go to sleep tonight, I can't come and stab you because you're unconscious and you're not fully functioning just because it's a prolonged period of time that doesn't negate who you are fundamentally. Um, no, so that, I, that's, I where I, that's where I think you were kind of jumping the, the ship a little bit. So I just having had major surgery, uh, I can tell you the difference between general anesthesia and um, uh, sedation. General anesthesia is a big one. And I can, when they, when they hit the switch uh, that, that puts you out, you're out. You're not dreaming. <laughs> you don't feel the passage of time. You're as good as dead. Uh, well, there's, you're, there's still, no, you're still alive. You're still right, alive. But, but from you're as far as your not. life of the mind goes, as far as your personhood goes in that way, it's temporarily off. You, you are who you are. It's not like someone just zapped you out of existence. Which is well, kind of let, let, me, let me finish the thought, though. You are, you, that's the closest experience that I can think of for a uh, person to become unpersoned while still being alive. Now, the, the difference, of course, is you're going to wake up. You know, if the anesthesiologist does their job right, <laughs> you're going to you're going to reboot. Uh, so um, it's does it mean when you die, you stop being a person? I, I don't, I'm sorry, I just don't get. Yes, it. when you die, you stop being a person. I, I have no problem. I have no hesitancy saying that. Do you uh, are, do you say differently? No, well, when people have a eulogy for other human, like it's all like, oh, this, I, I just, I guess I just don't understand the world view at all. But I guess it, it is consistent, so. Yes. Uh, so, of that going. Right. So it, it is consistent. And once again, it was very easy when I was a Christian because everything had a soul. And the soul was the thing that was of value. And the soul is the thing that lived on, not the body. Um. And, you know, we, I don't want to get tied up with, you know, but what about resurrection and that sort of thing? Um, but even without a resurrection, you had a living soul. Uh, and so all you could ever kill was the body. You could never kill the soul. Um, you know, but that said, a, a human life was defined as body and soul. So from the Christian perspective, a living body without a soul is a zombie. It's a monster. Um, I, I don't think that's supported biblically at all. I don't, I don't know if it's supported like, biblically. Like I listen I but... to you explain how you believe dualism works, and I'm like, I don't think that's supported anywhere. But okay, so you, do, you think, that's, that's you think that, do you think like, the Bible supports the idea of living bodies without souls? 
no, I believe that when the Bible talks about people coming into existence, they're like they are a person in the womb. Like that's what happened to Jeremiah and David. God says he knit them together in the womb. Like they're a full person in there. It's right. not like and they, and they have a and they God. have a soul, right? It's not at some point God is going to install software and be like, okay, now you're a person. Right. So uh, the the soul is there like from the the soul is there from the beginning, correct? Yes. Right. Like so a body without a soul, the Bible describes as dead. The the I'm sorry? That, is, that is a biblical definition. The, would the body without the soul, when the soul leaves the body, that's that's. Oh, what does the soul mean to a secularist? It doesn't. Does it? Well, really it doesn't. Mean well, it doesn't mean anything. But I'm telling from, from a Christian <laughs> view. You said that my view was not consistent with the Bible, and I'm and I'm. No, I'm, I'm telling you. No. Yes, actually, it was. Um, the body, the body with the soul is a is a living thing as far as the Bible is concerned. But, and when the soul leaves the body, it's dead. The soul leaves the body. I'm trying to think of a, a, a verse or chapter or anything that describes what you just said about how souls get installed into people. I can't think of one. Well, like, look, I didn't. I I purposely didn't go into how souls get installed into people. I don't know how they get installed into people. That's that's. Uh, well, and, it is, it is just the assumption that, that uh, as soon as that when there is conception, there is life, and life is by definition um, a soul and a body. Well, well, what I'm saying is that what you just what you described from you when you were wearing the Christian hat that that's not Christian at all. That sounds more like what Plato used to write about and Aristotle. It sounds more like Greek thought than it does Christianity or even Judaism. Um, so, if, if okay. Which which part? I don't, I don't, which part are you taking exception with? I'm sorry. Which part are you taking exception with? Like the whole process, like the way you describe it, that that when you're a, when you are conceived, you're a cell, and then at some point the soul comes in and you become a person. No, like no, 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 no. You've mis you misunderstood what I said. I said that you are a uh, full person at the at the first cell I, I was playing on your earlier objection when i talked about a cluster of cells and I, i'm i was trying to explain to you that as a christian it doesn't matter how big the cluster of cells is at the very first uh, uh the the moment of conception that that is when you have a soul uh it's not that you have um this cluster of material and then God inserts a soul in it. It's, it, it's something that happens simultaneously, but mysteriously. But, but you're saying currently your view is that, that that personhood, whatever that is, it's, it doesn't exist from the moment of like it, it exists. Right, because I no longer believe in a soul, but at the time I was a Christian, I would have said personhood existed um, as, as from the very beginning to the moment that the human is ultimately dead. So I would have defined personhood very differently than I do now. I'm not a dualist anymore. I can't define personhood that way. Okay, so personhood is a meaningless term then to you right now. Uh, I don't know that I said it was a meaningless term. No, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. I'm not saying that you said it. I'm just asking. Okay. Um, no, I don't think it's a meaningless term because what I, what I said was that's, that's where I would personally draw the line. Uh, in but in terms of when it, when it but you're right, but I don't I don't have a complete definition of it. 
but I know, I know it when I see it. It's a little bit like obscenity. That's not a particularly satisfying answer. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, especially with a person who has a different idea of personhood than you. If if a substance dualist is going to have a very different uh, idea. Well, even if you were talking to someone who was an atheist, I don't think they would agree with that answer. I don't think they would be like, yep, that that's a vibe. You're just saying, because essentially you've said personhood is this thing that exists, but I don't know when it starts existing, uh, and I'll know when I see it. Um, well, you haven't really explained what, what this thing even is. No, that's not a rigorous or satisfying answer, but I think you're wrong that uh, atheists would have a problem the answer i think they recognize <clears throat> excuse me they recognize the challenge of it and i also um like i said suggest that, that other people draw the line at different places other than personhood where it's a lot more definable um right. I, so, so once okay. again viability is is a place for some people and i don't necessarily draw the line at viability because i think that uh, a person can be a person and also not be self-sustaining person can be a person without being so sustained they, they're not viable <laughs> they're they're not viable on their own uh in fact i think that i think that's true of um you know most children you know if you if children had no parents uh they wouldn't survive uh so there, there are plenty some of people the argument that viability is what makes someone a person they're pretty much saying killing children is okay well, I wouldn't go that far. I don't. Well, I don't think. Well, I don't think that's what I'm trying to paint. I'm just trying well, to tell you that's. I'm trying to tell you that that's, you know, that that kind of thought process is why I don't use viability as, um, as my personal line. I, I think that it has probably as many flaws as the whole personhood thing has flaws, and I'm just perfectly honest about that. Uh, but I, but I do think that there is a difference between let's put the smash the two words together a viable person and a non-viable person and uh so you can you can have a living body that is you know the chest moves up and down and blood flows through it and there's nobody home and um and so i i wouldn't say that that's a person and i wouldn't say that that's just in the womb. Uh, it's also out of the womb at the end of life. And it could be possibly in other places in life too. Um, so I don't, I don't think that humans have this pride of place in this, this right to uh, existence under any circumstances any more than a dog. What about men mentally handicapped people? Are they not like, what, are they not people? Uh, sure, they're people, but once again, you have to kind of recall, I said, I think that we, uh, all people who are, all persons, we should work as hard as we can to make sure that all persons survive and thrive to the extent possible. Uh, and even if that is a, uh, a, a profoundly mentally handicapped person uh, who will never know the difference between ice cream and a golf ball, I think that we uh, <clears throat> should do our best to make sure that that person has the best experience of life uh, but you, possible. You, okay, but I feel like it kind of breaks apart when you're saying, okay, when someone is not all there, they're not 
they don't have I didn't, uh, that was those were your words not mine i never talked about someone not being all there uh i but that said there are people who have a greater experience of life than other people because they're smarter stronger um they, they are more capable uh than uh, people whose you know iq is lower than 80 uh and who are sickly and um but everyone is still equal right as a person uh, no well, um, equal gets into a kind of a sloganism for me that I don't, I don't necessarily buy. Um, when you say that all people are equal, uh, you know, the, the one formula is that all people are created equally, and I don't believe that we're created. So um, you have to take the created out, out of it and then just look pra pragmatically and say, then are all people equal? No, all people clearly are not equal. Uh, because if we were, we wouldn't have the problem of inequalities in the world. So it's, it, is, Wait, it, is everyone... trivially, it is trivially obvious that we don't have equality. We can't all be equal if we have inequalities in the world. Your, your question might be, uh, should we in some way consider ourselves equal? Uh, and that's a different question. And I would have to ask you, in what way do you think that we should consider ourselves equal? You have to get a little bit more specific than that. You have to get past the bumper sticker. It's, I don't think it's a bumper sticker at all. I feel like your worldview kind of creates some really bad precedents. Like, like if you're saying, okay, I, I draw the line here and someone else can draw the line over there, then it just becomes an issue of people just drawing the line wherever they want. It's not, it's not, it's not, consistent and it's not i mean well and, and so i'm not i'm not entirely sure how useful your use of equal is because i'm trying to get specific with it and you just want to leave it at the level of a slogan and no, it's not I, i'm pretty much saying that all life is equal because it equal it, how because it was created in the image of god it, 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 okay it so what if what if there is no god how would we be I, equal? I, I, I can't even, how would we be equal if there's no, yes. then we end up, then we end up with your worldview where you're saying no okay. one is equal. So I don't believe there's a God. How okay. would we, what would equality mean if there's no God? I, I, I don't know. So I'm, and, I'm I, and I would have to encourage you then to think more deeply. I'm thinking, I've thought about what you just said. Like I've been thinking about it. And actually it's, it's funny that you're saying this because, I actually did have this conversation with someone last night and they were telling me um, exactly what you just said. They said that human values determined by other humans deciding um, what, what, what human value is. And I'm like, isn't that kind of dangerous? Like in regards to what happened in the past in terms of like people getting murdered for their race, for their, uh, sex there right I mean, but if you leave it in if you leave it in god's hands then you know all of human gets uh wiped out because they displeased god so i don't see how that's any better well that's not they were it's not because they just they were actually acting out against each other like if you read the whole narrative but that again that's neither here or there but the point is that if if i'm going to answer your question then i end up at your worldview where you're saying we sh should we consider so where does this should come from? Like, why should we? Why should, like, 
I could ask the very opposite question and be like, yeah, well, I would say in, in what way, in what way do we have, um, should we have equal rights? I think that there are, you know, if you talk about human rights in society, we do determine what good society and bad society is. And I think that uh, to the extent possible, everybody should have uh, equal access to good society. Well, that's your uh, but opinion, right? It is my opinion. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. We still we still don't know what you mean when you say good. You're you're I don't know. Okay. Like you well, well, we're not talking about good right now. We're talking about equal because you you seem aghast that someone could could. Um, I'm not, not just 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 accept the bumper sticker that we're that we that we're I, I know why you keep we're not created and we're not equal. Um, that's that's what you believe, but that's your worldview. You're saying, okay, we're not created, and which we're not doesn't created. say that we can't that there aren't areas of equality that we can't and shouldn't carve out. Wait, well, uh, and so we should do this based on what are you basing it on? Uh, on on everyone living the best possible uh, life. What does that mean for someone who doesn't want to? do what you think is right like if someone thinks kidnapping people is what's right for them well i i think that i think that we can show that kidnapping is not a good thing it's but not something that, that's not something that produces flourishing but in the 17th century people were kidnapping people and saying well, people do it today were, we throw them in jail when we catch them it, it's something that doesn't produce flourishing uh, in, someone in can say slavery produces produced flourishing. Someone can argue, "Hey, man, the the South was so successful because they weren't successful." Country. Just look at them. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, we could. We've we've got historical precedents. We've we've run the experiment. Not so good slavery. So well, once yeah. again, we don't have to. We don't have wait an argument second. over whether slavery produces flourishing. No, no. Wait a second. Wait a second. It did because people in the South, the, the slaves are unfortunately captured were made to work down there for free. And those people were able to like have factories and have huge mansions. And yeah. And at the end of the day, that did not benefit. That did not benefit most of uh, the South. And when you look at this condition of the South now compared to uh, say the North, uh, it's, uh, it's lamentable how far behind the South is in so many ways. Uh, it was not good for them. They may have thought it was at the time. We ran the experiment. We've got enough data. Slavery That's not good. At the time, you're saying, but you're you're saying that at the time, like we should do this because it, it fosters human flourishing. At the time, how do you know that what you are advocating won't result in, in serious catastrophe ten years from now? Well, because we've well, got a couple hundred thousand uh, years of modern human history to look at, and so over no over that, over that over that time we have run the experiment in a lot of different ways. So it's not just a, a wild guess as to whether, say, uh, mutilating women's sexual organs uh, makes for a better society uh, than not mutilating women's sexual organs. Wait, we can wait, we wait. can look at the data. But, but you know that in China, we were talking about abortion before, and, and in China they used to, well, they still do have this policy of aborting the baby girls. And you have this generation now of, of a generation full of men and no women, and it's catastrophic for the yeah, entire. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not a good outcome, is it? So then, once again, we've run the experiment. Not good. <laughs> but then you just 
told me that abortion, you're not anti, anti-abortion and that you're okay with someone. Right, but, but well, you need a little bit more nuance. If you're saying, let's let's kill all the girls, that is a short evolutionary no, path to extinction. Yeah. Well, what's wrong? Well, <laughs> the Chinese government, what's the Chinese government doing wrong if that's what they've determined is, is good for them flourishing? If they don't want girls in their society, like who are you to tell them you guys are doing it wrong? Like you don't. It's it's a, it's a self correcting problem. There there is no future when you abort all your girls. So but, um, th- so there's a future when you abort both boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> this is that's a self correcting problem too if you do too much of it. Uh, and so once once again, this is we've run the experiment. We know what it looks like. You ask me how I know uh, if my worldview would end up uh, better. Uh, and my answer is we've run the experiment and we've got a lot of data. That said, there may be something that I think that we should try that hasn't been done or that we don't have a lot of history on. And in that case, I wouldn't know if it will work out better. And I would form a, as much consensus as possible. Uh, and with that consensus, uh, enough people would band together and vote and try this thing. And, the, and we will run the experiment and the next generation will have the data. That's how social evolution works. Well, well, I'm saying that we've already kind of tried the whole secular regime. Uh, yeah, we tried the whole religious regime too. No, no, I'm just saying that in the, 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 we tried it with with Mayo and St- Stalin and Pol Pot, and it kind of didn't turn out. How, how does so well. how does that in your mind, in the minds of people like you, equate, equate to secularism? How is it not? Are you secular? kidding? No, just are you kidding? Just, that is such a that is such a facile argument. You should be ashamed of making it. No, no, go ahead and, and expose why it's so bad. Because because you're saying what does secularism mean if it's not that? Like, just tell me. I mean, I'll, if you don't what want is, to answer, me, what is a, what does a Christian government mean if it's not the Crusades? If it's not the wait, the Crusades were not a government system. The Crusades weren't that they were. They were. It was a war about Jerusalem. Okay, uh, a, it's a, okay theocrat- a theocratic a theocratic system trying to. Um, it's okay if you don't want to answer. It, it's it's totally fine. Well, no, I'm I'm just trying to show you the ridiculousness of pointing at uh, a couple of leaders in history and saying, uh, "Well, okay, you see, okay. that's that's atheism." Well, no, uh, I'm not it, saying that. I'm because saying that's, I, that's because we can we can play the game both ways. I don't tend to play that game because it's dishonest. I think it's it, it's not dishonest because you just said like we 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 we've run these experiments in human history and we know what works. And I'm saying actually this example over here doesn't work. And you would agree, right? Communism and mixed in with radical secularism doesn't work, right? Uh. N- yeah, that's too loaded of a question for a yes or no answer. Okay, does communism work then? I don't know that there is any uh, variation of communism that could work. Um, okay. I don't right. know. I don't know that there. I I think that communism is fatally flawed uh, as a as a concept. There may okay. be better instantiations of it than others throughout history, but, but there are I people think it's communism. Back. I think I think it's I think it's destined to fail, but I also think that capitalism uh, is equally destined to fail. Uh, so I don't uh, I don't think that capitalism 
works very well either. Uh, socialism, uh, you know, we, we might meet somewhere uh, closer to the middle. I, I don't know. Uh, but as far as systems of government go, there's some that are better than others that will have longer lasting positive uh, results than others. But I haven't actually come across one uh, that I think is the example of how it should be. I think we're still tweaking the models because what we have done in the past hasn't worked. So we're, we're trying to make it work better. And I think that's what social evolution does. So, uh, you know, the U.S. system of government, uh, it's, it's terrible, except for all the ones that are worse. Um, and so what do we, what do we do? Well, we continue to tweak it a little bit at a time and it's, it's a slow, long process, but there is no book that we can go to and open up and say, ah, here is the system of government. That's going to, that's going to be best. Okay. But there's a worldview then that we, you, you can look at and say, this is the best or th no such thing exists. Uh, no, I would again say no such thing exists. I think that we can look at some worldviews uh, and it's some, by the way, not just worldviews, but how certain people have implemented certain worldviews. And we can say that, you know, this implementation seems to have produced better results than that one. Okay. Uh, so, But I think, but I think how, you're, you're speaking way too broadly when you even say this worldview works better than that one. That's no, I how would a secular that. worldview, however you want to implement it, how, how would it even look like? Because it, it feels like and the entire foundation of the discussion was like, oh, look, Christianity is kind of going down the drain or something. Well, it, it, may, it may look uh, like something like Switzerland. Switzerland. What's, yeah. the, what, what's the religion breakdown in Switzerland? None. They're, they're about as atheist as you get. Well, uh, the, the Nordic countries are doing very well in, uh, by almost all metrics. Uh, they're fairly yeah. enviable. in their to religion? They're among the least religious uh, places on the planet right now. Now, this is correlation. Is it causation? I'm not suggesting that. Uh, but I, but you know, if we're if we're going to play the game, uh, and and you want to talk about atheist regimes uh, not doing well, you have to also include the ones that are doing exceptionally well. Regimes, okay, but I wouldn't say that. A government like Switzerland is an atheist regime. Regime, it's not, because the the country itself has no state religion. It's not right. It's secular. Yeah, but how was it founded? Was it founded on secularism? It look, these are secular countries, right? Uh, and you're trying to you're trying to make a you're trying to make a, a false case that I'm not making a false that, case that history doesn't have have any examples of secular countries doing well no I'm saying the regimes were like secularism where the guy on top said there's no god above us there's nothing other than what we do that those societies have ended up being catastrophic for everyone yeah I right? would argue that, that I would argue that those regimes are not non-religious uh, and I would, I would, I would argue hate. the use of word uh, the word secular in describing some of them this is, not a, this is not a discussion that I want to get much okay. into because it's, it's had on the boards all the time. Uh, so okay. I, I, I'm, I'm frankly uh, tired of it. But the fact of the matter is uh, that I think that when you're talking about some of the, the leaders that you bring up, uh, when you're talking about dictatorship, um, 
and, okay. and things of that nature. I don't think that that is non-religious at all. I think that's extremely religious. It's How just, is it religious? It's just, religion of a, it's just religion that doesn't involve a supernatural God. I think that's pretty disingenuous to say, given that these guys were actual atheists, but you know, it's, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. You like, might say that you might say that they were atheists, but they were, they were in the position of a God. They were, they were dictators. They, they, because I think that's kind of what and, like, and, it, and, and it's, and it's law that flows by fiat from a single individual. This is a, this is a kind of a religious setup. It's not a being, secular setup. It's not a pluralistic setup. And so it is not so at all, hold on, it's not at all what we mean when we talk about a secular society. And I think that Christians you know that, and you're being disingenuous when you use those examples. No, 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 I'm not, because I'm, I'm asking, what does secularism mean? And, and then you're like, well, it means something that, that has no state religion. And I'm like, Switzerland has no state religion. And you're like, and I'm asking you to explain it. And then you're, I'm, I'm reading that you're kind of getting upset because I point out that there have been regimes where the guy on top has been, has, is, has been a militant atheist. And I, I don't think, I don't think I'm saying that all atheists are like this. I'm pretty much saying that uh, a secular world that looks like, like we've already tried. Okay. But you keep, you keep trying to um, conflate uh, I'm not dictatorship with secularism. And these, these are not, these are not the same things. Well, and I think, I think you're being very sloppy w with that line. Uh, no, but no atheist thinks of, um, you know, that kind of regime as a secularist plural, pluralist society. No. Okay. So what, what, what counts as a secularist? Like you'll say Switzerland, but I'll disagree because that's, it's not, it's not like just because you say, Oh, they have 20% atheists. That doesn't make it a secular country. Well, but it, it is a secular country. It's a secular country. Oh, what is secular? Okay. Secular means, give me a definition here. Uh, the, the government is not ruling uh, on the basis of uh, religious or theistic uh, precepts. Well, that applies to the United States, too. No, it doesn't. I wish it applied to the United States, my friend. How does it not apply to the United States? It, in ways that we... Separation of certain faith. Yeah, I don't... That's not what, that's not what we... Uh, that's not what a lot of people fight for here. They believe that there is, in fact, a marriage between church and state. Now, atheist groups tend to argue for the separation of church and state, but uh, Christian groups don't uh, well, actually then, argue for the separation of church and state. That is definitely not true. <laughs> this whole coronavirus kind of exposed that Christians are not for the state telling people what to do. But again, that's a different no, topic. No, they, Christians exactly absolutely want the state telling people what to do. They just want no. the state telling people what to do based on their uh, religion and their God. And a secular society does not take those things into account when it makes its laws. Uh, it's, Neither does. There's, there's, there's no chaplain in the, white, in, in the White House of a secular United States. So you're saying the United States isn't a secular? No, I don't think it is. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe the United States is uh, secular at all. Now, it's attempting to be pluralist, but I think it's 
largely failing at that uh, because it it wants to be a theocracy. It wants to be a Christian theocracy. Uh, it does not, for instance, want to consider Muslims equal to Christians uh, with certain considerations. It doesn't, you know, when it says, you know, when it talks about people, you know, having the right to pray, it's not saying that uh, your Muslim kids can leave class and pray five times a day. Um, that's not what they're talking about. Those aren't the rights that they're talking about. They're not thinking uh, in a pluralistic way. They're thinking in a Christian way. Uh, and so, no, America is not, I think, very successful at being secular or plural. So secular and pluralistic go together. In my book, yes. And if, if we're talking about political theory, yes. Okay. Um, but then again, there are reasons why I don't talk about political theory a lot. So that's, um, uh, I, my views on that may be somewhat idiosyncratic, but uh, I, think, uh, I think they're correct in the grand scheme of things. Um, but yes, I, I, I think uh, we, we, we kind of started that segment uh, with a conversation about abortion that uh, wound, I think, naturally to some other conversations, which, by the way, is why I don't tend to have an abortion conversation. Uh, in public a lot either, because it's very hard to keep it narrowed uh, to that subject. There are a lot of things that it touches. Uh, and so I think, um, I think that you uh, have asked a lot of appropriate questions uh, there, and the conversation went where it went, um, because that's where it tends to go. So uh, as much as I find it frustrating, I would say good job uh, huh. on, uh, on that. Uh, let's uh, lightning round. I, I know lightning okay. round. That means uh, okay. taking only thirty minutes per answer instead of an hour. <laughs> uh, lightning, <laughs> lightning round, people. Um, so, uh, yeah, skip, 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 uh, skip, 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 skip. All right. Yeah, skip, skip. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Um, it's, Just go in, it's inconceivable that you and I are not going to have another discussion <laughs> somewhere down the road. Um, okay. I'm just curious what they are. Yeah, I'm able to tell you, Mike. Uh, it's inconceivable that we won't cover them at some point. Um, okay. So uh, I will just say now, you have earned your spot on, uh, on the show as a recurring guest. Woo. Awesome. Come, come back anytime. Um, so... Yeah, uh, yeah. This is this is one uh, back on the original creation stuff that I, I did want to swing back and get your thoughts on. Um, does death and decay uh, and essentially predation predate human sin? In other words, was 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 the world a, a rotten, disease bag before we sinned, or did it become that after the fall? Um, for that, you go to Romans 4, I think. Death entered through one man, Adam, and it reigned till Moses. Uh, I'd say I haven't really thought of that question that much deeply. 
but okay, I think, let me let me let me see if I can uh, sharpen it a little bit. Do you believe yeah. that there were humans before Adam and Eve, and, and that they just? I know we kind of went over. I think it, it could have it could have been possible. Yeah. Okay, so if there were humans before Adam and Eve, did they suffer death or not? Uh, they probably did because I, and I'm going to get in trouble for this. I think that the death that happens to Adam and Eve over there is spiritual death. So the death that is described that after they ate the fruit is that's, that's when they actually died. They died spiritually. So from the, like, like, okay, because, but, but physical death would have been around before that. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, are you talking about the people or the animals or the plants? Everything. Um, even in, among animals, there's uh, predation where, you know, Obviously, lions yeah, like, hunt uh, gazelles. I, I can't, I can't, like, this goes back to what I was saying. Like, I can't, like, I don't think the author wanted people to ask those kinds of questions. Sure, you can speculate, but it's not like I can give you an answer and you can be like, yep, I agree with that because there's no way of me proving what I'm saying here. Well, but it's a matter of what you think. So it's not a matter of you proving what you. Okay. Okay. So you're not looking for me to prove it. No, because, because, because you can't, because <laughs> I can't either. Your, right. Because I know from the fundamentalist background, you have like, like if I say something and you're like, Whoa, that's not, you have a very low view of scripture or something like that. Well, yeah, I'm past <laughs> that segment as a, but I will say that most fundamentalists uh, would just answer the question. No, there was yeah. no death and decay before. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's any death and decay in the garden. I feel like uh, after outside the, of the garden. Uh, well, outside. Yeah. Were there were there thorns? No, there because you see, part part of the punishment was okay, and there's going to be thorns. <laughs> so were there thorns? Uh, did women have labor pains? Because part of the punishment was women are going to get labor pains. Um, so it it is a uh, a tricky question, but not a trick it's question. A, it's a very tricky question, and I and I. I'd be interested to to see how people. Well, I don't think there's even like I think only Marvin is the only guy who's a Christian who posts. <laughs> so I I don't know if he'll, he'll listen to this. Oh, he'll but listen like, eventually. I, I'd be interested in knowing how he thinks of it. But like, I would say all those things didn't exist. But like the death that's being referred to in 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 when you eat this, you shall surely die. Isn't physical death like? The physical death is a repercussion, but like when they actually ate it, what happened was spiritual death. And from then on, uh, the, the reality of actually dying became real for them. Okay. Um, given the choice between the role of women and hell, which question would you rather skip? Like, oh, because we're like, way past time i'll answer i'll take the easier one which is i, I think which the easier one is i do not <laughs> i do not um so we touched on uh egalitarianism versus um let's uh, go with the role of women so so hell, hell needs to be unpacked a lot and okay so let's let's just speak in shorthand because i think uh, so I can tell you the shorthand that I would speak in. Hell is eternal conscious torture um, in in a lake of fire of some some description of whatever lake and fire mean. Um, and so, I, yeah, so it, it, in my reading of the Bible, that's what I would say hell is. Um, so I can I can say that very simply. Can you describe hell in simple terms for you? 
for hell is eternal separation from God, uh, uh, getting to live your life away from uh, the purpose that you were created uh, to, like you're, you're not living up to your full potential. You are isolated from the only uh, source of grace that can actually give you purpose. Okay, so do you believe that people who are assigned to hell are going to live forever in in some conditions? Let let me start there. You're not a you're not a annihilationist. That's like again, I'm not an like right now I'm not an annihilationist, but I can see why someone would be an annihilationist. Right. Well, Chris Date is an annihilationist, uh, which I think makes him a little bit. Um, unusual for Calvinists. It, it, well, I think he has good reasons for that. But then, then well, again, I'm not saying that he doesn't have good reasons. I'm just saying it's it's not the typical Calvinist position. Uh, Dale, on the other hand, is not well, an annihilationist. Well, not, Calvinism has nothing to do with hell. So it's like well, it's not no, like Calvinism but, is a combination. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. But I mean, when when we were when Chris and I were talking on the subject of Calvinism, uh, you know, we his his views of hell were mentioned there, and I'm just just saying from my experience, he seems to be a little bit uh, different from most other Calvinists that I've uh, read or heard or interacted because with. Of, because of his view on hell? Yes, yes, I think his view on hell is different. I don't I, I, I don't think there's lots of Calvinists who don't believe hell is eternal. Uh, but like annihilationism doesn't mean that hell is going to be less, like we both, me and Chris probably, like we definitely agree that hell is somewhere no one wants to go to. Well, right. I think all, all Christians would say hell is somewhere no one wants to go to, but de so like, defining yeah. the joint does kind of matter when you're, when it's a yeah. part of the, the doctrine of if you, if you don't believe, if you don't accept God, then hell is your fate. It's kind of important to know well, what does that mean? In my experience, I've never seen someone like here, the doctrine of hell described, and then they're like, okay, I'll become a Christian. Like that's not how people convert to like, like if I was to ask you, okay, uh, if hell, like, give me your perfect ideal situation, what hell is, what would you be able to do it? Well, I told you, I, I told you in very few words, and I just okay. asked for you to do the same, uh, just yeah. your brief sketch of no, no, no. what it is. I'm, ask, I'm asking a different question. I'm asking, like, okay, uh, like you, as a skeptic, as an atheist, um, it, describe hell for me that in, in a way that it would sound good for whatever or whatever it would sound tolerable well, I, can't, I, I think hell is a fairy tale i think it's a fantasy okay so i'm asking you here hypothetically to like if you could answer the question because it feels like but, the question but as a, but i'm trying to as as an atheist that means i don't believe in your god and i don't believe in your god's punishment so i can't begin to say what it is it sounds like a, a story that you tell children to try to scare them into and manipulate them in, into doing what you want now you're kind of veering off because I, I answered questions you asked me and you were like, oh, if there's no God, how do we determine what's good? And I answered, even though I don't believe that okay, there is. Okay, but you're, you're asking me if there's no God, how do I describe hell? And I'm no, saying that they, you can't, no, you, there's, there's no concept of hell without God. So there's no point of a judgment then, even if you believed in God. Right. Uh, well, no, wait a minute. There's no, <laughs> there's no point of a judgment if there's no God. If I believe in God, yes, uh, there's a judgment. Then. Okay, okay. So now I can. So if if I put my Christian hat on, yeah, I I just have to go back to the answer that I gave. I think that the Bible 
is the only way we can know what hell is. And, and my reading of the Bible is that it is eternal conscious torment. But, but again, my question was like, it, it seems like you're trying to say, okay, hell, either way, no matter, I think I read this before on, on the blog, you were saying like, he does it, there's no way someone can describe hell for it to sound like it's something to make someone want to convert. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because like discussions about hell with someone who does not believe it's just, it's, it's a waste. Oh, right, right, right. It's, it's, it's a waste of time for the atheist because yeah. you're asking them to believe in several supernatural concepts that have to go before that. But as a, but as a Christian, yeah. as a Christian, it makes perfect sense because it is a carrot and stick approach. And if you have a scary enough stick, you can manipulate someone to do what you want to do. That's not Christianity again. It, it's okay, not but I, I think it is Christianity. No, uh, I think that someone who's only a Christian because they're afraid of going to hell is like someone just marrying someone because they're afraid of being alone. You know, like you're just doing okay, it. Okay, that happens all the time too, right? Yeah, that happens all the time, but okay. it doesn't mean that it's a genuine. <laughs> it's a genuine. Well, I agree. It's man, it's a, it's a type of self manipulation, and yeah, maybe you can say social manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, that's so I, I agree. That's a bad reason, but it is one of the reasons. And hell is a bad reason to just kind of go with Christianity. But it is yeah, one I'm of the reasons. I'm not. And then I'm. What I'm saying is that if someone is says, "Okay, I'm an annihilationist," then then what difference does that make if you're still like, "I don't believe anyway"? Like, well, you know? because because one seems less horrible than the other, and Which so it becomes it becomes it becomes a judgment of the type of character your God is. So oh, okay. if, if what you're saying, well, right. So if what you're saying is, you know, my God, if for all of those who are not heaven bound, um, since everyone dies, uh, those who are dead will just stay dead who are not heaven bound. That's one view. Another view is, well, my God uh, needs to exact some kind of punishment. And so everyone dies, but God's going to raise up everyone and he's going to kill you again in some horrible way. Now you will die eventually, but you're going to, you're going to get murdered for your, you know, for your crime. So that's, that's one view of God. Well, and then another view of God, the last okay. view of God would be that God's going to raise you up again and you're going to stay alive and you're going to stay tormenting, screaming, screaming in agony for all of eternity. That's now you can't tell me that those views of God are entirely equal. But my point is, if, even if someone, whatever, comes up with whatever thing that they think will be tolerable, it still doesn't matter because the destination is still the same. It's still you're away from God's presence. And if you're away from God's presence, then you don't get to enjoy the common graces. Okay, so I'm just now beginning to understand what you're saying. Yeah, this is a ridiculous idea to me, that if you're away from God, then you're away from enjoyment or things that are good. This is, once yeah. again, the Christian bringing in their baggage that God is yeah, good. I'm, I'm answering the question from a Christian. Isn't, isn't that what you're asking me? You're asking me to answer from a Christian perspective? Like, I'm giving you my answer from the Christian perspective, what I believe. And you're like, okay, well, you're just bringing in Christian baggage. I don't think that's kind of fair. Like, I'm not, you're not having a discussion about whether you okay, believe. Okay, so I thought you were asking me what kind of hell would be somehow tolerable for atheists in, in some yeah, way. And, yeah, that, and that would be a life without a monster god 
uh, where we can where we can live out our lives in peace without any um, interference from even any of the cosmic bullies. You know, my answer to that is that it's impossible because because you can live in peace if you're like like, like you're saying okay just right and that's good. where i say you've got your christian package because you're assuming you can't have peace or goodness without your god and i'm saying yeah, yeah that's that's bs i'm saying when when, when god re removes like all the, the 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 sustaining power that's on this universe and people are left to their own devices human beings aren't going to live peacefully like right we're talking past each other i don't see any sustaining power your god is is giving okay. us right I'm so you, i'm not saying that you are but i'm but you're saying okay the, the best hell scenario like correct me if i'm wrong but you're saying the best hell scenario is that you're just left alone to do what you want right uh, right when you uh, or or maybe the better idea is when you're dead you stay dead the dead stay dead okay so the dead stay dead and the other option is you just live forever doing whatever you want uh, you live forever without uh, God or demons or any other cosmic beings. We live as humans. With how humans. many? Like how many humans? Like is this like all humans that have ever existed, or like uh, all of the humans that are not heaven fit? The generation. So like all of all of the humans that are not heaven fit. What kind of Earth is that going to look like? I don't know. Who says it has to be Earth? Okay, where would it be then? It could be a bigger planet, something the size of Jupiter, maybe. So God relocates people to Jupiter. So well, he's going to relocate them to heaven or hell. I don't see why it's uh, any less sensible that he would relocate them to Jupiter. Yeah, you're saying God has an obligation to people who don't want, like, want him there. Ask me to fantasize a tolerable hell, and I'm just giving you that. I don't think okay. that any of it makes sense. No, well, you're saying I, I'm just trying to figure the 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 the, the logic. It, it's you're saying okay, the best case scenario, other than staying dead forever, is you're left alone to do whatever you want, right? Yeah, we're left alone to be humans without a god involved. And I'm saying that 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 situation isn't going to pan out as as well as you think it will. Okay, well, who are you okay. to determine how my fantasy is going to fan out? <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just being realistic. You, you know what you sound like? You sound like a overbearing parent uh, who tells their kid, um, you know, you, you think you want to be a musician and travel the world, but that's not how real life is. It's not going to pan out. You're going to come crawling back. You want to leave me? I'm cutting you off. Let's see how well you do. And then the child goes off and they do well. Are they saying, wait, you're saying that your musicians have like 100%, like even 50? I, I feel like. I'm saying I lots of people who leave their overbearing parents do better when I, they leave. Not, the best day not, of their life. <laughs> I don't see how I'm being overbearing. Like, you're saying you'd rather live in a in a world that is full of... I'm you know, saying you sound like the kind of overbearing parent who thinks yeah, that the, the key to their child's happiness is to do exactly what they say all the time and to whatever. You know what, Dad? I'm leaving. That is well, often the happiest day of a person's life. Well, again, you have to look at the story of a prodigal son, but okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? The story of the prodigal son, first of all, parable. Don't care. Second of all, uh, so... <laughs> because sometimes, sometimes when they leave, it's the worst day of their life. But fr quite frankly, um, the, you know, no, no one can predict the course of a person's life well enough to say, if you do that, 
you're going to be miserable. And that's what you're saying. If you go, if you do, if you go without God, then humanity is going to be miserable. And I'm saying, no, that's not set in stone at all. But you're doing the exact thing you're accusing me of. You're saying that you're going to be peaceful and you're going to live happy lives without having to do. And I'm like, how do you know that too? Because you're also asserting it. I'm not, I'm not asserting it. I am saying that uh, you're asking me what I think would be a, a better option for those who are not heaven bound. It would be for God to leave them alone and let humanity be humanity. And I'm you, saying that. You just, you assume that humanity would go to hell without a God uh, holding the reins. And I do not make that assumption. And I'm saying that when humanity is left to be humanity, then that's hell. Like, that, okay, that, well, then let's run the experiment and find out. Well, we've kind of already ran the experiment. Oh, and when, when did we? When did we not have God meddling with things? Then, when I pointed out to you, you're like, you get upset, and you're saying that I'm, I'm, I'm misrepresenting. Oh, my you. friend, I have not gotten upset. You can. Okay, well, <laughs> this is calling. You get riled up, but wait, is that? So you're not answering any other questions. That was it. Huh? The, what is that the last question no no i just said i'm not upset <laughs> you can't you no, can't, I'm just that you can't upset me that easy <laughs> you you say that i'm uh i'm being facetious and i'm, I'm insulting and uh like well like, yeah i I'm, think the, i think the, i think the stalin argument is a little bit infuriating and i think it's disingenuous and i think it's ill-conceived uh but th- i mean that doesn't mean upset. what's that because he was an atheist or no, because because Christians think that that's some kind of trump card that it's not. It's not a trump card. It's 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 what happened. I mean, right? It's I... literally what happened. So you you can't just say okay in the future when there's no more religion, this is how it's gonna be. It's gonna be a utopia, happiness and perfection. Yeah, it wasn't bloody Queen Mary a Christian? I mean, when, once again, we can play this game of uh, you know historical roulette and I mean, you know atheists versus I mean, Christians. No, I, I, I mean the bloody one. Um, uh, all right. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I mean we can we can play this game for a long time, and um, I'm not I'm not sure who would win it, but it, it's a it's a disingenuous game. It's why I don't it's why I don't engage in it. I'm not a Roman Catholic, so again, you'd have to find a Roman Catholic to be like, yo, the Roman of Catholic. You're not a Roman Catholic. You're elect. Uh, we've been over that. Wait, um, no, 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 no. There are people in the Roman Catholic Church who are elect. And it's not, again, I think we went over this like five hours ago or something. All right. Uh, so look, before we say goodbye, you've got to, you've got to weigh in okay. uh, on the last uh, hot button topic. Uh, it would just be wrong. People would hate me. They would hate you if they went through all of this and they did not uh, hear your views on homosexuality. Uh, let me preface this by saying the uh, latest Pew Research polls uh, show that 54, it may be a little higher now because this was like, four years ago. But uh, 54% of Christians uh, uh, saw nothing wrong with homosexuality, uh, found it um, perfectly acceptable. Uh, That's of Christians. It's not a total population. That's just of the population who calls themselves Christians. Uh, And so even among the more conservative groups of Christians, the number isn't as high uh, as what you would expect uh, of people who uh, think that homosexuality is a sin. This is a change, uh, and it's a change that's happened in my lifetime. It's a trackable change because these opinion polls have been going on for a long time. 
so I wanted to, first of all, get your uh, notion of homosexuality, sin, not sin. It's a sin. Okay. Uh, sin that leads into death or a sin that, yeah, we, we'll just talk about it until we die and it's okay. I think all sin should be treated as if it leads to death. Because well, you didn't think that way about the role of women uh, stuff. So. <laughs> well, I don't think it's a sin for someone to not know, like, like, non-essential doctrine like some people legitimately don't you know consider about homosexuality an essential doctrine well wait, 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 wait a second it's that's a category i didn't say that it's a doctrine i'm just saying that there are nuances to what people i uh study and so right. like the role of women in the church is a completely different topic than homosexuality being a sin or not like in in what way is like well let me put it this way is it is a woman preacher is a sinful thing. Is that God's will or not? It's, it seems like that's a sin and you're, you're willing to give people grace who aren't aware of that or who don't necessarily agree with that. And you're not willing to give the same grace with people on the subject of homosexuality. How do you see the two things? Well, the way I see it is like someone who like go, who says like, okay, I'm a gay Christian. Right. For example, I think that person knows that they are on very like they know that the new testament does condemn it the bible does they do not they do not know that so you're you're being very judgmental there i have to i have to step up for those people who okay you're you're stepping up with them so then i'll my 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 position is that then they're not a very good christian and my my stance towards them wouldn't be like let's kick you out of the church my stance towards them would be okay let's look at what the scriptures say you say you're a christian you believe that jesus is lord and savior over not just your life but over everything let's look at what the scriptures say right i appreciate that and i i have no problem with that in you but you seem to be treating it differently from uh the role of women issues and i'm just i'm trying to figure out why you give more grace to someone who thinks it's okay to have a woman preacher and not that same level of grace to someone who thinks homosexuality is okay. What indication have I given that I give more grace to one than the other? Because you don't, you don't condemn them. You don't condemn them and you say things like, yeah, but you know, I'm not their judge. And you know, no, 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 no. I do. Like if someone says I go to a church with a woman preacher, I'll be like, wait, have you read first Timothy two? And then we can talk about it. Right. And after you talk about it, if they disagree with you or they choose to stay where they are, you still don't condemn them. We had that conversation. Well, then that's on them. Then I'll be like, okay, well, that's it. Like, if you don't want to listen to, to what scripture is saying, then that's between you and God. And if, if I talk to a, someone who says I'm a gay Christian and I explain it to them, I show them all the references and, and, and walk them through it. And they're like, nope, don't want to listen. Then I'll be like, and okay. Not you two minutes ago, you said they were different things though. And I'm just trying to figure out why well, you would treat no, one no. thing differently than the other. David, David, you're kind of getting off, off beat here because I'm, I'm explaining to you why, like how, I'm, I'm extending the same sort of grace. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying they're different issues, but I'm saying the grace that I extend to both situations is the same. I'm not saying that someone who's a gay Christian is, 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 is abhorrent and that they, they do not, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say it. The, the, the West. Uh, what's the call? What's the West Westboro Baptist. Yeah, Westboro Baptist. Yeah, forget about church. those idiots. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I would tell them, okay, you're saying you're a Christian. Okay, so your identity isn't in your sexuality. Your identity is in 
Christ in what okay, you believe. But you would say that's a Christian who is um, is in sin, but not necessarily not a Christian. I'd say yes, they're living in sin. But they're not necessarily not a Christian. Not necessarily, no, because everyone right. struggles with something. So that's so that's uh, that's the place where I'm more comfortable with you being. That's not the place where it sounded like you were starting off that. So um, I'm glad that I was able to push to that point, but let's see if we can push a little bit further to someplace even more interesting. Why is homosexuality a sin in your mind? So let me, so this is, this is one that I had to struggle with when I was a um, Christian uh, myself. I also believe that homosexuality was a sin. Uh, in fact, homosexuality was an abomination to God. I would have said it was actually a worse sin. Uh, than women preaching. So I would have been, um, again, more more conservative, more fundamentalist than you um, uh, on that matter. But um, the same passage that describes homosexuality as an abomination to God also prescribes that homosexuals be put to death. Um, same passage. And at some point I uh, came to realize, you know, I don't think that homosexuals should be put to death. <laughs> and in, in that same reading, adulterers should also be put to death. And I didn't think that adulterers should be put to death either. I thought these were very bad ideas. Um, this, this is not a good example of moral intuition and, in, you know, how you deal with things that you think are, are wrong. Uh, so that said, uh, you know, why was homosexuality a sin then? The only thing I could come up with is because, well, God says it's a sin. And so what do I do when I stop believing in God? Homosexuality, I, I could find nothing wrong with it at that point. Uh, if there's no God saying that it's wrong, I couldn't find anything wrong with it. Abortion is one of those things where, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, and I can tell you I'm no, I'm no friend to abortion. I, I think it's uh, I think it's bad and I don't need a God to tell me that it's it's not the optimal uh, point of flourishing for humans, but I understand it. Uh, whereas homosexuality is one of those things that it can't hold up without a God, I don't think. So I'm, I'm wondering from you uh, who thought about homos, who thinks about homosexuality largely the way I did, why is it wrong? All right. From is, a is there, yeah. Is there a reason beyond God says it's wrong, so it's wrong? Well, from a Christian, first of all, from a Christian perspective, it's condemned. So someone, for instance, who says I'm a gay Christian, obviously is indirect rebellion towards that. Secondly, I think it's wrong. You can, you can totally not even invoke God by looking at, at how, like, uh, the disease uh, rates in, like, STDs disproportionately affect people who are gay or bisexual men and how the HIV virus, again, affects the population disproportionately. This isn't to say that people who are gay are necessarily, you know, I'm not, I'm not making a blanket statement here, you know, but I am saying that these, that the STDs and AIDS are real things that plague this community, and it's because of how the sex act is performed. I, I don't yeah, think, I, I, I don't I, think saying that is, is, is being mean or anything well I, I think it's just a matter of ignorance i don't i don't think you're trying to be mean either but that's, it, i think it's, it's, it's 80 well, I, th I think the bigger i think the bigger challenge uh with something like uh disease slash homosexuality is the fact that it's taken so long to become normalized and so people have had to do it uh in uh 
you know, ways that, you know, cultures have formed around it that maybe weren't the healthiest uh, way to go about human sexuality, but they didn't have the healthiest way of human sexuality available to them until recently. So, so wait, but these stats are from like this decade. They're not from like the 19th century or something. People are still being harassed for being gay. But, but, this is not something that stopped. No one okay. is being harassed for being married, but okay, people so are being harassed for being gay. Yes, and I'm saying, okay, from a Christian perspective, I'm saying, look, Christian perspective is don't harass anyone, okay? And, and, and that's consistent. Jesus said it. But then again, we, we, we have to, like, again, look at the facts. And I, I don't think it's, it's okay for someone to say, oh, you're just being ignorant for me to pointing out well, the facts that... Right, but you're, that, you're, that, you're, you're blaming disease culture and uh, multiple, uh, multiple party, multiple uh, um, uh, partner culture and some of the things that are associated with homosexual uh, culture own the act. And it's not the act. These things grew up around, these things grew up around the fact that homosexuality was persecuted and driven underground and people found ways to express uh, their human sexuality that maybe weren't the healthiest ways. I I acknowledge that homosexuality is often practiced in ways that are not terribly healthy. Bathhouses were a bad idea, but it's, it's all gay men had at a time. so you're saying like pride parades, all that stuff should be should be gone. Uh, I I long for a day when they can be gone, just like I long for the day when freedom marches can be gone. You might you might be wait. Pride parades aren't about wait. There are pride parades in New York every year. Well, except right. this year. But I long yeah. for the day when they can. You see, once again, why, you're you're why you're. Why they be gone? I'm confused because because homosexuals are still persecuted. Wait, but people still have parades for like Irish people. It's not like Irish people are being persecuted. It's still like a celebration of people's culture, and that culture is currently being celebrated. And you're saying yeah, one day okay. cannot be gone. Don't get me don't get me started on St. Patrick's Day parade or Chinatowns or things like that. Um, you were talking about some of the unhealthy uh, results of homosexuality, yeah. and I was, you know, what I was trying to describe is that some of the unhealthier aspects of it, it has nothing to do with the sex act. It has to do with the culture that was forced around it. Uh, and, and had it not gone through that kind of persecution, we wouldn't see some of the devastating numbers and results that we get with homosexuality. The act itself is not harmful. Husbands and wives have anal sex all the damn time. They have oral sex all the damn time. The act itself isn't the problem. So the culture is the problem that you're saying. Yes, the the okay. if you will the forced culture. Why? Why we, we wouldn't have those cultures if it wasn't. So is there a country where this culture isn't devastating, like you're you're asserting? Like I I don't I don't. I've ne- this is the first time I'm ever hearing someone say this because oh, usually yeah, because you have a kind of a kind of a narrow view of it. No, it's not. I'm not. This is not the first this, time. This conversation is going to be good for you. No, um, someone's not. This isn't the first time someone's talked to me about this, and and the usual answer I get is this. The answer that I get is people can do whatever they want. It's their body, their choice. If they want to get 
uh, STDs and AIDS, then that's their body and we have treatment for that. So they should do it. But you're telling me it's because of the fo forced culture. And I'm, I'm wondering, okay, so let's say, I mean, gay marriage is already legal in the United States. It's been legal for like how many years now? 16, 15 years. And I'm just curious. When does this, when does this culture stop being forced because the parades are always going to happen? I don't know. That's a little bit like saying we ended slavery 150 years ago. When do we stop feeling the effects of it? Um, th these things take a long time. Wait, how does gay culture equate to slavery? I, I'm, I'm answering your question of when no, I'm not feeling the effects. I'm giving you an example that when really bad things happen to a group of people in a sustained way for a long time, it takes a long time, if ever, for those effects to be fully reversed. So you're, you're talking about we're just barely getting gay marriage approved. And you're saying, okay, so uh, why isn't it all better now? It's been uh, a while. And uh, no, 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 this is my this is my point that you're saying it's because of the forced culture, and I'm like, how is how is that like how is it gonna be different when it's not forced anymore? That that's all I'm asking. Like, are people gonna stop having group sex and orgies because of because of time? Like, I don't I don't think that gay people are going to. Uh, necessarily feel the need to have more uh, orgies or more uh, uncommitted uh, relationships than uh, anyone else. Uh, but once again, you, you're talking about a culture where that was the only form of sexuality they could have. But wouldn't the logic dictate that if you're being persecuted for being gay, that you have less sexual partners? Than no, it, it doesn't. It means that you, you don't have the option of having a socially recognized monogamous relationship. And if someone suspected that you did have a monogamous relationship, you could be killed, you could lose your job, uh, any number of things. And so, yeah, there, there were pressures against uh, uh, gay relationships being normalized uh, in the same way that heterosexual relationships were. That right. said, let's not promote heterosexual relationships as some kind of panacea to everything. 50% uh, of marriages end in divorce. Uh, sorry, not a good statistic. It gets well, worse with the second marriage and worse with the third marriages. Uh, I, would, I would guess that more than 50% of people uh, have had an affair. Uh, now, in fact, I, I know that that has been the case, and this is of the people who have admitted it to pollsters, but I don't have that data in front of me. It's been a little uh, uh, while since I've uh, looked at that data. So if you're looking at heterosexual marriage as the answer to uh, that, domestic tranquility, th there's no answer there either. Uh, and I so let's not put more pressure on homosexuality. You're uh, not shifting the goalposts because you asked me about what's wrong with homosexuality. Then I told you and you're like, oh, look, heterosexuals have their own problems. But then again, it's like heterosexuality in itself like it, it encompasses all kinds of cultures too and this underlying world views right so it also encompasses a lot of unwanted pregnancies and which doesn't happen with homosexuality it encompasses a lot of uh, disease uh there's there's a, there, so i'm i'm trying to i i don't understand when you say well homosexuality you know they have all this disease and well, you know, immorality true. and i'm trying i'm trying to understand how you're differentiating that between any other sexuality well why, um, why you would identify homosexuality 
as because wrong. The statistics that say that gay men are 17 times more likely to, you know, get AIDS. I mean, isn't that concerning in, in the least bit for someone? To, to not be like, whoa, that's right. pretty- Once again, we've, we've tied, I've, I tie that to uh, the forced, forced culture around Ooh. homosexuality, not around the act of anal sex. Well, people aren't responsible for the choices they make in, in a well, forced- Well, wait a minute, wait, hang on. Do, do, yeah. you, do you understand what I just said? Yeah, I understand. That's not a matter of anal sex. Do you want? Do you, do you get that? No, I'm. I'm just trying okay. to understand. Okay, can sense. I get you to say the words anal sex? Why would you want me to say that? <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but like I'm, I'm because just... I'm a jerk. But what <laughs> I am trying to get you past the stigma that you seem to have about homosexuality because you were saying the act of homosexuality is wrong. The act is not wrong. The act is not creating disease. I said that the repercussions of being in a homosexual relationship or is that you're going to end up with more diseases, more STDs and more. Okay. So once again, you're, you're trying, you're tying diseases to an act. And I say that you cannot, you cannot decide tie diseases to an act. Well, COVID-19, if you go out there without a mask and you're around 100 people, you're performing an act and you're probably going to get sick. That's an act. You can't say it's the forced culture that's making you sick. It's your actions. No, not the the same thing because the act of what you think of as the act of homosexuality does not, in fact, create more disease among homosexuals than it does among heterosexuals. So what act of homosexuality are you thinking about that creates disease? Well, you should tell me because why, 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 why are the statistics like this? Well, you're no, you should tell me because you're tying the statistics to the act of homosexuality. Because the, the, the statistics are correlated to the, to the, to the act. It's also, well, no, it's not correlated to the act. It's correlated to the culture. And we can talk about why there is a certain culture among some homosexualities. Uh, uh, among some homosexuals and okay. that's where and that's where the real conversation comes in but that's not about homosexual homosexuality being a, a somehow a sin if there was no god but that you're is, saying but that is that is the result me, that is the result of of actions forced by cultures but let me let me see if i can bring it in a bit for you because I, I would like to come to a point where we could agree on this. I want you to actually say sane things about this. Um, so consider this. <laughs> Just consider this. Can you conceive of a way of doing homosexuality that did not end in disease? If well, we I- could come up with that, if there was a way to do homosexuality, a woman being with a woman uh, where there was almost zero risk of disease, would you then say that is okay? Well, because it's a culture and a worldview issue. Okay, I'm talking about the act of homosexuality. I'm trying to separate that out uh, because also among the statistics are that uh, most women are bi. <laughs> so uh, they, that doesn't mean that they've uh, all acted out on it. And I don't, I don't know how true that statistic is, but uh, there's a part of me that wants to believe it. Um, but that said, uh, uh, 
a woman who uh, lies with another woman, you know, does a little bit of college experimentation. We've all done it. Um, is, is that in and of itself a wrong act if there's no God? If there's no, okay, so now you're asking me to fantasize about things because before when I was asking you about hell, you're like, oh, I can't do it. That's a fantasy. Okay, oh, but, oh, but a while ago I, when I, I asked you that, it. you said, yes, it would be uh, problematic because of disease. And I'm trying to show that that is a straw man that, that has no, re, no, no point of contact with reality. Take no. the disease out of the picture. Why would, would homosexuality take- be wrong? Why would I take out a reality? It's like asking if, like, uh, if, if falling... For the, for the same reason we're trying to come up with cures for COVID, so that people can walk around and, uh, without masks and eat at restaurants without dying. Uh, so if you can take out, you know, I know that you've got this, this thing in your mind that, oh, it's the disease. I don't think you give a damn about the disease. But let's just no, say let, you do. Let's pretend no, you do. Take the disease out of the equation. Is the act wrong? You're 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 being very fallacious. You're you're saying okay, if if this wrong thing didn't have this wrong thing, would it be right? Obviously, you're you're just you're just disconnecting reality. It's like you can't discuss. It's like well, saying no, okay, no, I'm not disconnecting is, reality because you're suggesting like that somehow everybody who does like a homosexual act is going to get a disease. It's, you know that that's a, not true, right? It's meaningless as saying if abortion didn't end in murder, would okay. abortion be right? Like I'm like, how do I even answer that? Like, I'm, no, 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 no. You you do realize that not every homosexual act ends in disease. You're of aware of this, not. right? No, yeah, I'm okay. Aware of it, so so those saying, that don't those that don't end in disease, was there anything wrong? Yes, this is wrong because you're part. You're buying into a culture. That, that puts you at risk. That's the, that's the thing that I'm saying. Okay, so it's the risk that makes it wrong. You, no, it, it's the buying into the culture uh, uh, that puts you... I like, don't know what uh, you mean. How do you not know what it means to buy into a culture? I don't okay, know what so, you mean. If I have sex with a woman who is not my wife, um, I'm taking a risk. Uh, but let's say that my wife... Um, dies and moves on to the happy hunting grounds of heaven. Um, now I have the happy hunting grounds of earth. Um, when I, when I uh, meet someone, decide to have sexual relationship for the first time, you might say, well, that's wrong because you're not married. Uh, let me just say, not all Christians believe that uh, unmarried well, sex is wrong. But there's nothing wrong with the act that I'm engaging with of having sex with a woman because it's, it's risky. It's just as risky. She might get pregnant. The contraceptive may not work. She may have a disease. I may have a disease. The risks are all there, but you wouldn't say that that was wrong versus the act of homosexuality. I am trying to get at what you think about homosexuality that is wrong and separate from your mind this nonsense that it's all about the risk of disease. You're making assertions all the time. You're saying, uh, first of all, you said that, oh, uh, not all Christians believe it, so like, so that makes it right. Like, it doesn't. Like, that's a fallacy. And secondly, like, again, it's far more than just the risk or the disease. It, it's more about the, the act itself. You can't say, okay, imagine if God doesn't exist. Of course, if God doesn't exist, then all this stuff, you can do it if you want. Well, but I then ask again, you what about the act itself? What is the what about the act itself that makes it wrong? 
Why is like, why is adultery with a home? Why is homosexual act more wrong than say adultery b between uh, heterosexuals? Did I say anything about it being more wrong than adultery? I, I I think I told you in the beginning that it's all sin, right? I I was pretty clear that. Okay, so you don't think there's any difference in kind between a homosexual act and an unmarried heterosexual act? Well, sexual sin, dude, like. <laughs> just, just answer yes to that, and you'll win some points back. I promise. Do you believe that there that there is any difference between the homosexual act and the heterosexual act between people who are not married? No, I, I believe they're all sin. You believe it's all sin, and you don't believe that one is any different than the other. I believe they're all sin. So you don't like you don't believe that a homosexuality is more abominable than heterosexuality outside of marriage. Can you say yes uh, or no? I'm just answering the question. Like you're forcing me into your own corner that you want me to be in, so that I can I'm actually trying to I'm force you into saying something that's sane and useful. Like I'm saying, they're all sin. I'm saying you're trying yes, to. I understand that they're all sin. I would. I would have also said smoking. We were raised in a church where people hated homosexuals more than they did anything else. You want me to agree with you, but I'm not going to agree with you because that's not what I believe. That's not what most Christians believe, despite what the media is going to tell you, right? So right. You, they're all sin. That's what I'm going to say. Like people will say, oh, oh, you support Trump and he's married like three three wives or something like that. I'll be like, oh, you, you were okay with Trump being like an adulterer or something like that. No, I'm not. As a Christian, I'm not. So what else, so, what else can be said? So what else? You want someone I, to say to be like I know I, I think that's pretty good. Let me uh, let me ask this about heterosexual um, relationships though. Just came to me, uh, so I do not have it in my notes. Um, Even the worldview itself, like like can I finish? Like the worldview itself, LGBT. Like if you buy into that worldview, you have okay. So what does transgender mean? Is that based on like what is that based on? Like if you're gay and you decide, all right, I I feel. I feel womanly, and you go and get an operation and get your genitals removed. The worldview itself is not based on anything concrete. It's not. See, I was actually about to end this on a note that was more positive for you than that. Go ahead, go ahead, you went, go ahead, you went there. <laughs> so go ahead, go ahead and finish the question. Yeah, well, no, I look, I I wasn't going to push you in that particular corner, but you went there. I th I think well, I will, yeah. it can't really. People don't really want to talk about it because it's not that straightforward for them, even because so, the LGBT community itself keeps changing what it says every year. Let let me let me see if we can um, find some middle ground. I don't know that there is a need to be found, but um, it's one of my favorite sports these days. There's no middle ground here. Okay, <laughs> find the middle ground where there clearly is none. Um, you should play it, kids. It's uh, it's mind opening. So, um, heterosexual relationships. If I if I had asked you a different question, uh, of, uh, and we're talking about outside of wedlock, okay? So, um, bear that in mind. I'm all. I'm talking. I'm not talking about married people. I'm talking about non-married people. If my question to you was, why is uh, sex outside of wedlock wrong? How would you I'll answer you, that? Okay. I'd give you the same answer I gave you with uh, because of the, the risks and the consequences. You go out there, you have sex with someone you're not married to, they get pregnant, so then then you realize, okay, we're not compatible, and then you have a you have to bring a child into this world or 
worse you you get an abortion and and then you have to like you have more stuff to deal with it it it, yes. it just doesn't make any sense for someone to be promiscuous when when i don't know it just i i don't know i don't know how i can say it even clearer than that because because i'm still being consistent i'm i'm saying these acts have negative consequences like they have actual like you can look at statistics that show that people who have sex out of wedlock they are more likely to not have successful marriage right so wouldn't the answer for homosexuality to be uh to uh be married to be married yes but that again doesn't stop the the culture because like well i'm not talking about the culture now i'm just i'm talking about finding a way because we can say well heterosexuality is blessed through marriage why wouldn't homosexuality be equally blessed through marriage again why would it be blessed because it's not even endorsed dude marriage Okay, so that's what this is. You don't see them as the same thing. Then, when you say when you say you do see them as the same kind of thing, you don't, because if I'm if I'm giving you the same solution for homosexuality as you as you have for heterics, well, there's no solution for homosexuality. You're trying to make one where there isn't. You know this. No, I I don't because I'm trying to understand why you think it's wrong and it. It comes down to what I used to think. Well, it's wrong because God says so. And if you no, don't have no. a God, you don't have a reason to think that it's wrong anymore. And, and if you're worried about is risking culture, then what you say is, well, you should allow homosexuals to be married. And I don't see how that doesn't solve the problem for you. How does marriage in a secular context mirror the, 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 the marriage? Because these days you have people saying polyamory is all the rage. So polyam polyamorous marriage where you have someone getting married and they can go out and have sex with whoever they want or saying that they're non-monogamous and they're in an open relationship and they're married. So you're telling me that that mirrors what a Christian could say about it. Don't get me started with polyamory and my thoughts on marriage in general, but I would say, I would say that you were, you were deflecting. I am talking about, I'm talking about traditional marriage. I think you know that. And the same, the same kind of traditional marriage that you would say um, a heterosexual uh, can have. I'm just saying, make that available to the homosexual. Now, why would it be available. different? It's already available. So why it? would it be different? Again, you're trying to say, okay, this. But you, you keep saying culture and disease and all that, which which are not factors in mar in committed marriage relationships. So once again, why would it be different? Do you have stats for that? Because I don't believe that. I don't believe that it goes down the second someone puts on the ring in a, in a homosexual relationship because the culture itself, by definition, doesn't allow for monogamy. Like, yeah, what? What? No, I don't know that. If if two come, if two come, well, hold on, hold on. What you just said was 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 ridiculous. I need to make sure I understand it because I I sense that I don't understand it. So I I need to hear that again. If two gay people enter a committed relationship and neither of them have any diseases before the relationship how do they get disease how do people get disease in the first place how do they get disease from each other if they're in a committed relationship you keep say, suggesting that somehow homosexuality itself 
is a cause of disease. And I'm trying to get you to think outside of that box that you're in. The homosexual culture is what leads to. They're not in a homosexual culture. They're in a committed relationship. They're in a committed relationship. How is that different from heterosexuals? The heterosexual culture, but we got married and we didn't, we were free of disease. Uh, but the heterosexual culture, you see, that wouldn't make any sense for me to keep yelling that. What are you talking about? If two gay people get into a committed relationship, where is the risk of disease and cultural degradation that you are talking about? There's I don't no see I can, it. There's no way I can prove that to you because you're, you're giving me a, a, a hypothetical here that's not relevant to the general case where, where most, actually, I was looking at stats a few weeks ago where it was like most, uh, not, not most, like a significant percentage of people in homosexual relationships do not stick with the same partner. So if you're going to find me a statistic that shows that the, the most homosexual part or post it in the, in the comments or something that shows me that homosexual partners stay monogamous, then I will concede the point. Heterosexual never, partners don't stay monogamous. I don't know what you're talking about. I, ne I never said that they did. Why are you doing this all the time? You're well, like, because you're trying to make some kind of distinction that it's that homosexuals can't be monogamous and safe. I, and that's I mean, just not true. But you just went into a rant about how the culture is so forced in homosexuality that makes it necessary for them to have multiple partners. But then you're saying, oh, this applies to heterosexuality too. Right. Well, I, I think the history of how homosexual, how homosexual culture has developed in repressed countries like America uh, does have something to do with that. But I'm, I'm trying to get you to think beyond your God says it's icky and give me a reason why if, uh, if homosexuals have access to the same types of marriages and social acceptances, why it would be wrong. And you just you keep going back to straw men like uh, disease. Or, or culture or or something that doesn't make any sense again it goes back to like asking a question that's inherently meaningless it's like saying if abortion didn't result didn't result in murder why is abortion wrong it's like how do you how do you disconnect the thing that makes it wrong and say oh if it's not wrong then how is it not wrong it's it it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me and you're trying to make me make sense the way the way i was trying to get you to explain Hell to me, and you're like, oh well, I don't believe in your version of hell, or, or or I don't believe in fairy tales or something like that. Well, I'm pretty much saying the same thing back to you, and you're not accepting it, which is crazy. I, I don't I don't like the double standards. Well, double standards, Mac. It's been uh, it's been, it's actually it's been it's been the most fun I've had in weeks. Um, in fact, it's probably the most fun I've had since COVID. Uh, to, to be perfectly honest. So uh, thanks for coming on this, uh, this show. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is meaning for me, meaningless for me to say this right now, but uh, it's going to get split up into two parts if not three parts. Uh, and so people aren't going to hear it all at one time. Oh yes, they would. My audience would. They, the longer, the, the better. What's the longest you've ever had? Over four. Wow, so this is like a record or something. Yeah, yeah, no, this I is a record. Know, but they, yeah, under under two hours, and they're complaining that uh, it's too short. So well, <laughs> they, got, okay. they got dogs to walk and dishes to wash. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, so this will this will probably go out in three parts, uh, just because having long. I don't mind having one long podcast. It's just the way that uh, iTunes and Spotify and things like that handle. 
uh, long recordings, there's a, there's a certain cutoff. Um, and I don't know exactly what it is because it's tied down with bit rate and things like that. But uh, I try to keep them under uh, around two hours just so that I don't run into that problem. So I'll probably break this up into three parts. Uh, and it's really hard to know where to break them up to. I mean, you say three even doses, but it's been such a uh, full conversation uh, all the way around. Uh, and I just want to say I appreciate uh, you uh, well, taking the time to having me. the show. Um, in fact, I will very happily give you the last word to, if you'd like to round off your thoughts, if you'd like to do an altar call, uh, if, you know, if, if you'd like to talk about your, your dog, Joe, you know, whatever, whatever you got. Uh, I, I, what, I don't know. We did talk about a lot. I think we kind of talked more about election and actual real politics, not just, just general election, but like, <laughs> more than we did denominations and conservatism. But like, I feel like the, the thing is like about this whole thing is about worldviews and what's consistent and what's not consistent. And I feel like when someone says they're looking for truth, then they have to be consistent all the way through. They can't just be like, okay, yeah, well, but what if this doesn't, doesn't exist, then this becomes acceptable or that becomes acceptable it's like like think through what your worldview like says and 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 that's it like i feel like i don't know i don't remember what i even said five hours ago but i feel like i've been able to answer the questions perhaps not to the best of my ability because kind of went off off road there a bit and i may have like not given the best answers i, I may have given but like i feel like i still answered the questions like, I, I don't know and uh i don't know if people are gonna like it or gonna get upset that i said something and it's but it's fine it's out there like i i feel like i've been consistent with what i believe and i believe that most christians actually believe what i believe and that it's not like a sense of oh uh, we're the only ones who believe the right thing it's more like charity and extending grace to those people who don't uh i don't know uh what's the word wow we've been doing this for a long time yeah, yeah. extending charity and grace to people who want to know the truth who want to understand something instead of just shunning them and being like this is our own special club so if someone says i don't understand this doctrine i'm more than happy to talk to them about it as long as it's cordial and it's interactive and the person is like willing to listen and to be corrected and to admit that they're wrong about it. And yeah, that's it. That's all I have. And Mac, I, I think that a lot of people got to know you a lot better today. Uh, I think that you are not nearly as conservative as you could be. I think that will come as a surprise to a lot of people uh, who read your comments. I think you're a smart guy. Uh, I think that, um, You've got a lot of uh, good things going for you, and I would be delighted to uh, talk with you again. Uh, and so, um, yeah, consider consider that an open invitation, my friend. And um, thank you, David. This um, this will get ugly in the comment section. <laughs> well, what do you think people will take? issue is the most like we've talked about everything <laughs> i don't know i would have to go back and listen to uh see i mean there are probably one or two things i would like to agitate myself but um 
I think I that it's gone. I don't think anyone got agitated. Maybe I don't know. Maybe no, no, got... no, no, no. I I just mean uh, to agitate to, to to foment discussion in the comments. Uh, so there's some there's some things that I would probably want to go back and uh, look at and have some some deeper conversation on. Um, I think the hot button issues are called hot button issues for a reason. Uh, they are difficult and they tend to be polarizing and it's not readily obvious which side is right a lot of times. Uh, and so, uh, and people tend to, to be very sure of themselves, uh, whichever side they're on. And so those always make for uh, entertaining uh, discussions, if if not fruitful. I think that our last discussion here on homosexuality is actually um, the one that will get the most play. I think that I think that people are going to talk about that, um, uh, and I, I I think I think that's inevitable. I think the conversation on abortion was probably in personhood is probably the most meaningful part of the discussion. I don't know if that will get as much. Uh, play. I hope it does, um, because those are that's that's one of those difficult issues that I don't have good answers for, and I don't mind admitting it. And I think my bad answers are better than yours. But <laughs> but I you know there's there's plenty of room uh, in there. I think for uh, people to to find some grace. Um, I, I suspect that there's going to be some conversation around some of the political nonsense, but I, I, I think actually is nonsense. Um, so I, I won't be stirring that up, but most of all, I think that uh, people are going to, I think that more people are going to uh, like you having met you in this format than they did before. And um, I think that's, I think that's a happy outcome. Uh, I know that I do, and I hope that uh, the rest of my audience feels the same. And so until next time. Awesome. That, uh, that will do it for season three of Skeptics and Seekers. All right. Take care. God bless. I'm out. Yeah.